The readings today are about the power of God's word. There in the first reading, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. My word shall not return to me. Void, but will do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. God's word is powerful. Power itself. You see the word of God so powerful in creation. When you just spoke that word, let there be light. And the power of reality, of creation, breaking forth. One of my great memories as a kid was a father-son fishing trip to Montana. That was a a long two-day trip in our Chevy station wagon. And we were going from our home in Illinois, flatlands, corn country. And my dad, he had a friend out there who was going to be our guide, a fishing guide. He was going to show us where all the great trout places were so we could you know, get, a lot of, get a lot of fish. But in the end, he couldn't join us. And so the fishing part wasn't that great. It was just two trout in two weeks. So that's an average of one per week. Not a great outcome. But boy, coming from Illinois and seeing the Rocky Mountains... That made it all worth it. To see those snow-covered mountain peaks so close, right there. It was just amazing. And I couldn't help but think, wow, God is powerful. You don't think of the power of God when you see a husk of corn as much as you do when you see a rocky mountain. It was just impressive. God said, let there be light. And when his word speaks, the universe just comes into being. That is God's power. And his universe, the word, is so vast, it touches everything. But the word is also very, very small, God's word. Jesus compares God's word in this parable, the parable of a sower, to a seed. Something really, really small. And why is that? Well, when God words, when his word speaks in the universe, in the material universe, boom, it happens. Creation happens. Mountains come up. Everything happens. But God doesn't work like that with human beings. God has a different approach. He's not, he's not a spiritual bulldozer. No. He respects our freedom. And so... That means things can go wrong. The seed, the best of seeds, God's word, it might fall on a hard path. A path that's been beaten up by a lot of footprints on top of it. And that might be the superficial person who's kind of been beaten down by life and doesn't look up, doesn't have a sense of God's presence in their lives. And so that seed just stays on the path. And like our Lord says, the birds just come and eat it up. Jesus talks about getting scorched by the sun. You know, that can be devastating for that plant. You know, one time we, were, we went out 
And somebody had snuck in our house and turned up the heat to like 90 degrees in the middle of the summer. Can you imagine somebody doing that? that cra- well, at least they didn't steal anything. <laughs> somebody had it in for us, I guess. But when we, the house plants in 90 degree heat in the house, when it's really hot outside, they look like Adam's family plants, just totally plastered to the ground. Just completely. And that's the scorching heat. Okay? And that plant that has, has some life in it, it just sinks. Okay? So there are different things that God's Word, using this comparison, there are obstacles to it. But he talks to our Lord about the rich soil good soil where the sea can fall into and where it will produce a lot of fruit and that's we have examples of rich soil in the saints the saints of the church we've had some great saints the last month or two in the feast days that we've had I love St. Barnabas he was a great saint you know he was an example of amazing rich soil. He had a nickname. Barnabas was a, was a nickname. His real name was actually Joseph. And they called him Barnabas because he was so encouraging. That, was, that meant son of encouragement. And he was that kind of rich soil kind of person that brought out the richness in other soils so that God's word could bear fruit in other lives. He was so instrumental in bringing St. Paul and helping him to get into his apostolate. He was so helpful to St. Mark. And Barnabas, he was such an amazing encourager that neither Paul nor Mark would have probably been the amazing saints and scriptural writers that they became without Barnabas. Imagine that if we didn't have the Gospel of Mark. If we didn't have all the letters of St. Paul. What would be left in the New Testament? There would be a much different book. But because of Barnabas, God used him as an instrument to help his richness be transmitted to others. And that made those, that soil all the richer. So our Lord, he says, that rich soil will bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. Let's think about that for a second. There are different outcomes. All three evangelists, the three synoptic evangelists, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, tell this story of the sower. And each one has a little, little twist on it. So it's just a little different. And I like to think that the way that they formulate the punchline in this parable is kind of like giving us a clue about what 30-fold is, what 60-fold is, and what 100-fold is. You know, if we want to do good, better, best, kind of like that. It's very interesting. In St. Saint, Saint Matthew, we could say this is the 30-fold answer. Okay? The rich soil is the one who hears the word, hears the word, and understands it. Understands it. That's the first step. To get to the 30-fold level of fruitfulness in our lives, we have to at least get it. Get it. Understand it. We have to be at least invested in that minimal level that we want to put our mind and grasp 
what God's word is in our lives, what his commandments are, where he's leading us, what his inspirations are. At least get it. Okay? That's the first thing. If we're, if we're just oblivious, if we don't put some thought to our lives and what God wants for us, we'll never get it. Then we'll be just the path where the birds eat the seed or the thorns that will choke off the growing plant. Okay, so we have to understand it, our minds. St. Mark gives us the 60-fold level. The 60-fold. So you want to, you're, 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 you're getting it. You're getting it. What's the next step up? What's the next step up? Mark says, this is the way he has Jesus speaking at the end. The one who, the ritual is the one who hears the word and accepts it. Accepts it. Okay, so that's one layer more. Acceptance means my will. Okay, I want it. I desire it. I'm going to put myself into it. Okay, we can have things in our head but we might not necessarily want them as much as we should. Okay, so if we accept it, we think about it, and we start to desire it. Okay, and now for St. Luke. This is the hundredfold level. If you, if you want now, this, put on your seatbelts. St. Luke has a pretty intense formulation, okay? And this is the hundredfold level. He says, Jesus says, the one is the rich soil who hears the word and embraces it with a generous and good heart and bears fruit through perseverance. That's the hundredfold level. It's a person who understands the word, who, who gets it, one who accepts it, and then, if you really want it and just throw yourself into it, bracing it with a generous and good heart to go the extra mile, to make a little bit of the extra effort, persevere and bears fruit through perseverance. Okay, somebody who's going to can take obstacles and kind of lean in them, push through them. That's what we need. And that will lead us to a hundredfold life. Fruitfulness of the gospel. That seed that falls in rich soil and bears amazing fruit. So let's ask our Lord today to help us. Hey, even if we get thirtyfold, that's good. To really let that soil bear fruit in our lives. Bear fruit through the Eucharist, through our prayer, through our meditation, hearing the word of God, allowing it to germinate in our souls and bearing fruit for others.